1: What's up, everyone? Welcome to BuzzBeat. This is Richie. And on today's episode, I will be bringing on a guest to chat about the Hornets and their offseason and the upcoming season. But before we get into this, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcast or Spotify. That helps us out more than you know. And it's really just the easiest and quickest way to support us. We've got Will Kunkel uh, of Charlotte Sports Live with us today. Will, thank you so much for joining me today. And how's it going?
2: It's going well, getting ready for the Panthers training camp, getting ready for the Hornets to hopefully turn their season and, well, franchise around, so there's a lot going on right now in the city of Charlotte when it comes to sports. Yeah, you
1: are a, a busy man, and I appreciate uh, the time that you've taken out in your day here, so let's let's get on with this, and uh, there's been plenty of headline news for the Hornets in recent weeks, but I will start with the... The sale of the team. It was recently approved by the Board of Governors that Rick Schnall and Gabe Plotkin will officially complete the sale in a couple of weeks. What do you think the this sale means for the franchise moving forward? And do you see this as a good thing that Michael Jordan is is relinquishing his majority stake here?
2: Yeah, I think it's a great thing, and not because he was a bad owner. But when he came in, that franchise was a financial disaster. They were hemorrhaging money. He got them back on solid ground. The, the way I view it is that he never really got out of that mindset of trying to turn this franchise into a monetary winner, which he did. But he was I think it was like he was so afraid to kind of go backwards that he never spent the money that he needed in order for the team to be successful because you've got to spend in this league to be good. So I think it's important now that he gets out new owners come in, the franchise is on stable ground. So now they have the mindset of, all right, let's turn this into a winner. Let's spend some money. We're okay. Financially, it's not going to go bankrupt. It's not going to go to the and, you know, move out of town or anything like that. So I think, you know, Michael had an interesting tenure as an owner, but I think uh, people are overlooking some of the successes that he had because your emotions are tied into the winning, and the winning wasn't there, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, that's where that's where fans look as the on-court product, and that has not been great under his tenure. And I, I think with it being so late in the game for any kind of coaching or GM changes that have to be made or need to be made, a lot of times these ownerships like to come in and, and make their stamp on the team. So I are you under the assumption that Clifford and Mitch are going to be like on a make it or break year for them, like a short leash for this upcoming season?
2: I mean, I think so. I don't know why they wouldn't be. I think they should be regardless because the team hasn't had success. Obviously, there's a hundred reasons as to why, like the Miles Bridges situation, which I'm sure we'll get into mm-hmm. that press conference, but like, that's not Steve's fault. He came here thinking there was a certain roster and the roster kind of fell apart and then it got banged up and injured over and over and over again. You can't really blame him on that. And then Mitch is in charge of the roster making and it's gone okay, but he's not allowed to spend money on free agents. Like, there's a hundred ways and reasons as to why this has not gone well of late, but If you're a new owner, I don't think that any of that stuff matters because you're looking for results. So those guys are definitely on the hot seat.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: You mentioned Miles Bridges. He has a prove-it season to me. Um, He is returning to Charlotte on his one-year qualifying offer. He will be an unrestricted free agent next season. That seemed like it was always the path with Miles Bridges in terms of just returning to the Hornets. Everything, all signs pointed to him returning to Charlotte. He also recently had a press conference, which you spoke of. And it seems like you had a fairly strong reaction to it on Charlotte Sports Live. You seemed a little bit disappointed in that appearance and said that he didn't really give a good enough or prepared statement. What, what did you mean by that? And, and what were you looking for out of him?
2: So personally, I was just looking for a plan going forward. What is his plan? What's his process and how he's going to ingratiate himself back into the community and the team? And that never was said. It's been 15 months since he talked and there was no plan. I'm not saying he has to do X or he has to do Y. And it's not about me and earning my forgiveness. It, don't, it has nothing to do with me. It doesn't matter. But if you want somebody's forgiveness, like the fans or your teammates, you've got to do something other than go revert to the talking points like you did in the press conference of just going to work on myself and focus on basketball. Listen, so, man, you messed up in a, in a way that is absolutely despicable. So you need to take the steps on the other direction in a positive way so large that you can fix that and you can do well and you can do good in this community and this world because we all screw up and that's my, myself included. So I'm, I'm for him getting a second chance a hundred percent, but I'm not for him, not really being contrite and not having a plan. And where's the Hornets? Where are, where was his agent and his manager saying, listen, this is the way we need to go about this from a public perception standpoint. You are a public figure. You can't lose sight of that. And there needs to be a plan in order to be an advocate against domestic violence and help other people going through a situation that you went through. And I was just really disappointed in just the lack of plan. And it's just too bad.
1: It seems like, you know, whether it's miles or whether it's just the, the Hornets in general, a lot of it has been very vague. And I I think that's kind of what you're pointing to there. Just a lot of vagueness Mm -hmm. and and canned answers. Uh, You wish there was more of a solidified plan moving forward. Uh, I do think it's going to take a lot to earn his trust back, or at least some fans are going to get to a point to where they they need to see something in action. And I'm not sure if it's if this is like with you, but like I found myself like really hard to evaluate Bridges right now as a basketball player this off season. Like I'm recording episodes trying to project him as a player and how he fits and if he is going to return to his 21, 22 form. But all that feels secondary right now. It feels like. That should be the last thing on your mind when you're trying to earn the trust back and win the community over. Do you think that there are any fans out there that won't ever get back into the Hornets because of him? And number two, how long do you think it'll take for him to win the fans back over? Or is that all dependent on what he does off the court?
2: I think it depends. You know, it's all individual so I think there are fans that will never return I think there are fans that wait for his first dunk and once he dunks and helps them win right. they're gonna start chanting his name as loud as they can I mean we saw it with Tyreek Hill Tyreek Hill was accused of punching his pregnant girlfriend in the stomach and abusing her at Oklahoma State he was drafted he was awesome and he's a fan favorite in Kansas City forever because of it so as soon as you help the fan base win and have success, you're going to be forgiven by most of them, or at least the vocal base, and then they'll drown out the ones that have a problem with it, and they'll be called names that, you know, stuffy, and they got a problem with it. But um, Charlotte's an interesting town because it has a college feel to it from the standpoint of its a community is first, community-driven here. Um, So I think it might take a little bit longer. And unfortunately for miles, he's going to be underneath the microscope because he, his press conference went so poorly. People are like, is is he serious? Is he contrite? Is he, I don't know. So they're going to watch his actions and they're going to remember when he threw his mouthpiece in the stands and accidentally, I I believe it accidentally hit a child with his mouthpiece when he got ejected against the South, the uh, the, South Hawks in that play-in game, they got wrecked. So, there's there's so many moving parts to this. and The worst part about it is so much of it was avoidable, not just in the action that he took initially, but in the follow-up and in the press conference. There just hasn't been anything to fix it, and that's what I'm stuck on.
1: All right, let, let's switch to more positive news, and <laughs> that was LaMelo earning his designated rookie extension of up to $260 million. Uh, obviously, something crazy has to happen for him to reach that number and it's probably going to be closer to $206 million, but that's still a ton of money. When you heard this news, did it shock you? And then what kind of message does it send to either the, the team, the, the players, by securing LaMelo for those five additional seasons?
2: I think it says that we're actually taking this seriously, and we found the cornerstone of our franchise, and we want to build around him. I think they had to do it. You You can't just go dumpster diving and find great deals here and there in the NBA. The best teams have three of the best players at a time, it seems like now in these days, whether it's Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, and LeBron, or LeBron and Anthony Davis, or whoever it might be. You can't just piecemeal a team together and actually have success. So it didn't shock me that they were able to retain Melo. I never bought into the national media and their hype of him leaving and going to Los Angeles. And that's something that always just drives me crazy about the national media because they don't follow Charlotte sports. And then they parachute (laughs) it and think that everyone's just going to leave here immediately. Or they have an opinion on cam Newton when it's not in reality. It's it's just it's so frivolous and stupid and ignorant from the national media standpoint. So I thought that they would keep them. I didn't know what it would take. Uh, Part of me surprised they paid that type of money, but obviously if you think that you can keep them, you have to pay that type of money. So it goes hand in hand. I think it was a great move. It's the first time they've done this in ever, ever biggest contract in franchise history, and I think it was necessary.
1: Do you think there's a chance that this deal could backfire, though? Like, I wonder, you know, not not just performance-wise, but, like, he has an injury history, too. So, like, do you think that maybe looking back uh, a couple seasons from now that the Hornets might regret doing this?
2: Oh, I think there's a, definitely a chance. Like, nothing is sure-fire, and I don't mean that right. in a, uh, obviously there's a chance, but there is a injury history there. I would like different conversation, but I'd really like to, to strengthen conditioning staff on that team. I'd like to really see revamped because you saw Gordon Hayward's wife take sure. shots at them on social media, which clearly there's smoke where there's fire, and all these injuries that are repeating. But that's another conversation. And yeah, it can backfire, but any contract can. But if you don't at least take a gamble, you're never going to win in anything in life. So you just gotta. You can't just be frivolous all the time and try to shave. million off a year there on a $206 million deal.
1: And I think that's, I think that's what it comes down to in Charlotte. When you're such a, uh, a market where you don't attract free agents and you're not willing to spend and you've got to win through the draft. You also have got to retain players that uh, obviously perform the way that LaMelo does. You lucked into him because he fell to number three in that draft where the Golden State Warriors (laughs) chose Wiseman over uh, LaMelo ball because of, uh, for, for need there. But Let's actually shift our focus to the upcoming season. And I want to start with the drafting of Brandon Miller. You were actually able to get a sit-down interview with him. What were your first impressions of him, maybe as a person? Obviously, you didn't watch him play one-on-one, but you just kind of Mm -hmm. sat down with him. Uh, When you talked with him, what kind of uh, vibe did he get off?
2: So I'm always kind of careful in in answering this question because I got five minutes with him. So it's really hard to get a in-depth view at a person as they are a human being but I will say he comes comes off as you know he's charming he's funny he's dry I like <laughs> the way he answered questions um, you know he was going to get better and more media savvy as he goes along but I, there was nothing to dislike he wasn't arrogant he wasn't short he wasn't rude or anything like that he had a great demeanor about him and he carried himself you know confidently and fun and I, and I love I enjoy that in an interview of course and he didn't shy away from the fact that the fans booed him. I asked him about that because Hornets fans just absolutely booed that pick. And he was like, you know what, we're going to win. And he's talking about winning the championship already, which <laughs> listen, man, you know, I I have no problem with it. Ignorance is bliss at this point. I don't care. At least someone in the building is talking positively about this team because it, I feel like it never happens. But all, all good things. And it does not mean that, he's a great person or that he's not going to screw up or anything like that, but all good vibes and good conversation conversations. I, I do think he was he's a pretty good kid because what he did in college, it, obviously really, really stupid, but there, it's not like a, there's a long track record of things prior and afterwards. He was contrite. He came out and he, he said the right things. It seems like, so we'll see going forward.
1: Did you have a preference for a scoot or Brandon Miller or did you not necessarily care?
2: No, I, I don't care. I, at some point, I just have to admit that I'm heading knees deep on the Panthers. I'm yeah. following the Hornets when I can because they're not good enough to garner a whole lot of attention, frankly, a lot of the time. And I don't do scouting. Like I don't watch film at a crazy level on every draft pick. So at some point, I just say, you know what, the scouts know what they're doing. Let's see. And I do not think that in a quick watch that I've had, that one was way better than the other. Now, it might turn out that way, but I I don't think so. So I'd like to talk to the fans that were ballistic and, and just so pissed off about the not drafting Scoot. I'd like to know what film they watched and how they broke it down and, and what their scouting report was, because I, get, I guarantee there wasn't one.
1: I, I almost wonder, with, with coming from the Hornets' point of view, I I do wonder if it was more of a draft on need over talent. I think that's where a lot of people are getting hung up on because it seems like LaMelo really wanted Brandon Miller for the Hornets and was even like texting him leading up to the selection. And with Scoot being that lead guard, like I wonder if that played a factor in LaMelo wanting Miller over Scoot. But do you think that maybe Mitch Kupchak drafted based on need because they need shooting, they need scoring Do you think that played a factor at all? Because up until this point, Mitch has always said the team is really not in a position to draft based on need over talent.
2: I think it definitely played a role, um, but they also need talent. So you could play the need game there as well. And there was not another six foot nine sharpshooter like Brandon in the draft. So this was your opportunity for a guy. When was the last time they had a sharpshooter like Glenn Rice? It's been a really (laughs) long time. I mean, Kelly Oubre, is that what we're going off as a sharpshooter? So I don't, again, I don't think the gap between the two of him and Scoot was so big that it was like, oh, yeah, need really took over or talent really took over. I think it was probably pretty close and Brandon won out. Yeah.
1: All right. I want to end with some rapid-fire questions uh, for the upcoming season. You don't have to think too hard about these questions. Some pertain to the Hornets. Some just pertain to the NBA. Uh, the first question: Will what are your thoughts on the in-season tournament? Do you do you know enough about that?
2: I think it, it says a lot about your game and your France in your league. If you have to do something like that, and I think it's too bad. It's got I, I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome to watch. But it probably says a lot about the product more so than anything.
1: Okay, it seems like you have a more of a negative view on
2: that. Um, yeah, I guess, like why do we have to do that? No sport does that. Why do you have to do it? Because you have to garner up intrigue. Sorry for rapid questions. No, no, <laughs> you're good. I, you
1: can turn this into non rapid too. But yeah, I, <laughs> I uh, yeah I, I do wonder that too. But I feel like they're trying to combat the issue of uh, load management and, and trying to get players to play early on in the season because they know that there's some kind of in-season tournament. But I don't know if players are going to have that much motivation to do it. So I'm not really sure it's going to solve that issue. But it could be fun for certain teams, and maybe the Hornets uh, make some kind of run in this in-season tournament coming up. Oh, it but- could be
2: fun. Like I love the idea from an entertainment standpoint, but from an integrity of like what you're actually chasing, if the load management's the issue, then why would you play even less if you're going to then all of a sudden have to play a tournament in the middle of the season that, might mean something to you, so right. I I don't know. It's never been done before. Maybe that's them being innovative, but I think it's them trying to solve a problem of people just don't care about the regular season like they used to at all.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll see how long that lasts. All right, number two, which Hornets player do you think will make the biggest jump and surprise people in a positive way?
2: Oh gosh, um, yeah, everyone wants. Mark Williams to be that guy. And I think he has that chance, but I don't know that it's going to surprise anybody. Yeah. I mean, how about Gordon Hayward? Like, let's say he stays healthy. That would shock the entire world, let alone Hornets fans. So I'll say Gordon Hayward from that standpoint.
1: Okay. I actually was going to go with Mark Williams. So I, I guess the word shock is kind of
2: a, uh, yeah, but uh, I mean, I think it's a good pick and I, I would agree with you. I think yeah, he can take a big stride.
1: Yeah. I think people are forgetting about him because of Lamella, because of Miles Bridges, mm-hmm. back, because, you know, the drafting of Brandon Miller, that they forget about Mark Williams. All right. The opposite question now which player do you feel is going to like fail to break through and might end up having a disappointing season?
2: I, I don't know if it's the shit's already said, but James Brook Knight. I was so disappointed with him in the Summer League ball that he's been in the league for two years now, and then he couldn't really dominate and take over summer league. And he, and it wasn't one of those points where times where I don't think he was just trying to get the young kids involved in order to help them because he's got to help himself. So I, I mean, I think, I think we're, uh, we're out on James Bookman at this point. What do you think?
1: No, I agree. I agree. I guess, I guess it depends on your expectations. Cause to me, if he had another year, like he had last year, it wouldn't be disappointing. It would just be kind of par for the course. What, one player that like I'm like intrigued by, but I just worry that he's not going to get enough playtime, is JT Thor. Because I think mm. he's he started to turn it on at the end of last season, and I think that Clifford really loves him as a player. I don't think he's going to be a disappointing player, but I don't think he's going to play as much as I think many fans want him to because of all the, the players coming back and the drafting of Brandon Miller. Uh, so I, I don't know if that's the way that I would answer this question, but yeah, James Booknight does not— inspire a lot of hope, uh for me. So all right. Question four. Who would your starting
2: lineup be? Man, I knew this was gonna be a question. All right. So day one, probably not Brian Miller. I assume that he won't start, but it doesn't mean I wouldn't have him in there, but probably Lamelo. I mean definitely definitely Lamelo. Lamello, Gordon Hayward, um Mark Williams. Are we bringing back P.J. Washington? Let's it's, assume he's back. in P.J. And then um, either you know you can throw in Terry or Brandon Miller, whoever it looks like. But it's an interesting kind of group right now to see how who's going to be ready for the season from the standpoint of knowing the system.
1: Yeah, there, there's a lot of different ways that the starting mm-hmm. lineup can go. And then, obviously, Miles is suspended for 10 games, so we'll never know, you know, what, what the initial plan was with him. But he's going to have to work his way back into the uh, the rotation as well. All right, question five. The leading scorer for the Hornets will be blank. Uh, like, points per game. Um, and just a heads up, Lamelo was the leading scorer last year.
2: I know, and I don't think he's going to be the leader this year because I think it was more by necessity last year. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll go, you know, honest. If PJ's back, I'll go PJ because I think he's the one, you know, Miles missing 10 games. Brandon's got to figure out the NBA. PJ's been there. He's done that. Mark's still a little young. How's he really going to fit in? So I'll go PJ, but it's not like he's going to be averaging 30. I don't, what do you think? I don't know.
1: I think I, I think I might actually stick with LaMelo. I think I might stick okay. with LaMelo. Miles. It's, it's so hard to judge Miles because he's been gone for a year, but he would have been my pick had he played last season. 40, I sure. just think that, yeah. But I'll, I'll stick with LaMelo. I, I think that he will uh, continue with his, uh, I don't know what it was, 23, 24. I don't know. We'll, we'll see.
2: But Do you think that Hornets are good with him being the leading scorer?
1: Uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Like out of necessity, does that, does that mean the team is going to be good? Right.
2: Like, do you want LaMelo to be your leading scorer? No,
1: I, I guess, I guess, yeah. When you phrase it that way, you don't necessarily want him to be yeah. your leading scorer. And if he is your leading scorer, you can probably look at the standings and realize that they're probably not where they want to be. Uh, he's a guy that can score from deep, uh, yeah. but his best asset is getting others involved. So yeah, that's, that's a good point. All right. Three more. If there's a trade this season, will, which player will get moved first?
2: Probably, oh god, maybe Book Knight, Like, if he can yeah. show something, you know, like David can get rid of him, and then every, you know, how coaches work in every sport, they try to, they think they can always fix someone that has talent. So maybe someone like Book Knight or, or Terry, maybe.
1: That's that's funny. Those two names came to my head first, and I think Book Knight might actually be the answer. Over under fifty five and a half games played for Gordon Hayward.
2: <laughs> under like. for for sure under where my money's going i would i would i feel bad for the guy it just sucks. I um but probably under all right last
1: one true or false this team will make the play in tournament this season or potentially the playoffs you can you can view that in any way
2: hell true <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I think they gotten so much better and it and it really drives me crazy but i'll say true cuz they can have the injury woes well they had last year. it's impossible right
1: And on a positive note, Will, but thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast, and hopefully we can maybe get you back on for a future episode during the season.
2: Hey, man, would love that. Thanks a lot, dude. I appreciate it.
1: All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode. Be sure to share this with a friend and support us in any way possible. For Will, I'm Richie. We'll talk to you guys later. Take care.